Welcome back to Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to with your wonderful hosts, Ashton and Alex. And on this week's episode, we are diving into maybe one of my favorite mafia book series. I think it is because you've only been trying to get me to read this for like two years. <laughs> yeah, probably. And that is the Cora Riley Kimura series. And we are taking on Twisted Pride. Which is book three. Yes. So we're kind of um, jumping into the middle of the series, but we think that still enough to follow along. And if you like this book, you can always go back and read the six other books that come before it. And spoiler alert, this is Ashton's favorite. (laughs) Yes, this is my favorite, which is why we're doing it for the pod. (laughs) Isn't this also like a, a makeup? A redo for the mafia genre. Oh, because of because of uh, Cruel Eyes mm-hmm. being such an utter fail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a round two, take two of the mafia romance genre. She prepped me. I had to read all of the books leading up to this. And if you follow us on Instagram and you pay attention to our monthly book updates that Alex puts together. You will see all of them throughout like the past two months. <laughs> yeah. So I've done my homework and it's leading up to this moment. And I'm so excited. So I think we should just get into some content and trigger warnings. All right. So we got this time around abduction, kidnapping, graphic violence, murder, graphic sex, child abuse, torture, death, drug use, rape, pregnancy, and mention of abortion. So, as always, if any of those things are too triggering for you, please do not go any farther because we will be kind of giving and going into detail around topics of these things. Or skip just to the fun sections. So do you want me to break down this book, read the synopsis? Yeah, hit us with that back of the book blurb. Remo Falcone is beyond redemption. As capo of the Camorra, he rules with a brutal hand over his territory, a territory the Chicago outfit breached. Now Remo is out for retribution. A wedding is sacred, stealing a bride sacrilegious. Serafina is the niece of the boss of the outfit, and her hand has been promised in marriage for years. But kidnapped in her wedding dress on the way to church by Remo, Serafina quickly realizes that she can't hope for saving. Yet even in the hands of the cruelest man she knows, she is determined to cling to her pride. And Remo soon understands that the woman at his mercy might not be as easy to break as he thought. A ruthless man on a quest to destroy the outfit by breaking someone they are supposed to protect. A woman intent on bringing a monster to his knees. Two families that will never be the same. Dun, dun, dun. But I liked that. I liked that synopsis. It was really good. It hit a lot. But also keeps a lot of it secret. Yeah, because there's so much that goes on in this book. My goodness. Right. But I I like that. It's like simple to the point, kind of gives you a quick breakdown of what major plot you're going to see. Yes. Like the really, really big key things. But keeping some of the other things kind of hush-hush. Yeah. Love it. All right, Alex, do you want to introduce the potion of the episode? Absolutely. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking angel water. Ooh, okay. And what is in angel water? All right, so you can have angel water one of two ways. You can have it Serafina's way, which is what we're currently drinking, which is some blackberry, raspberry, hibiscus, cold brew tea, some apple juice, and some honey. Serve it over ice. 
And then if you want it Remo's way, still do the tea and then add some raspberry lambic. But instead of apple juice, do hard cider. Ooh, and then honey and then over ice. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. I like... You may be able to forgo the honey because the lambic and the cider is usually pretty sweet. But you could still throw in a little bit of honey. Okay. I like how you have it Serafina's way and Remo's way. That was pretty creative. And then one being like alcoholic, one being Mm non-alcoholic. That's fun. All right. Let's try this bad boy. Cheers. Cheers. Very refreshing. That is quite delightful. I like that. Yummy. I love the honey. Yeah, Alex, that was very good. I approve. Very refreshing. Yeah. And like light, Mm -hmm. flavorful. Okay, so before we go into our plot breakdown, since this is kind of in the middle of a series, we thought that we should give you guys just some basic overview of kind of the dynamic of these mafia families. So as we're going through the plot breakdown, you can at least understand the dynamics there. Pretty much there's three mafia families within this world. There's the Camorra, which is located in Vegas, the Outfit, which is in Chicago, and then the Familia, which is in New York. So currently, New York and Chicago are at war. Vegas and New York, they have a really shaky truce as of right now. And Vegas wants to go to war with Chicago. So that's kind of where we leave off in the series as far as like when the mafia. Starts picking up. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, Alex, let's start. Let's start this plot breakdown. So it's three days until the wedding of Serafina, mafia princess and niece to Dante, the boss of the outfit and Danilo, the next underboss of Indianapolis. Danilo is in town to meet with Serafina's dad and uncle and her twin brother, Sam. Serafina and Sam are very close, and he is very protective of his sister. This meeting is at the house, and Sam winds up giving Danilo some pre-wedding warning that he better treat his sister right. Serafina surprisingly has a very close relationship with all of the members of her immediate family, considering They're all in the mafia, and we're used to seeing very unhealthy family dynamics. And Danilo has vowed to take care of Serafina once they are married and to be kind to her on the wedding night. Because in this very traditional closed mafia world, um, the girls are supposed to be virgins. Meanwhile, in Vegas, the leader of the Camorra Mafia, Remo, is preparing to kidnap Serafina on her wedding day. This is a huge risk, as weddings are sacred, and innocent women are supposed to be left alone according to tradition. However, Remo gives no fucks. As Serafina and Sam are on the way to the wedding site, their car gets ambushed by gunfire, leaving a bodyguard dead, Sam injured, and Serafina on the run. She quickly gets captured by Remo's man, Fabiano, who used to be a member of the outfit and has deflected to the Camorra. And he is actually book one in this series. Remo is taking revenge on the outfit for attacking Vegas and trying to kill Remo's brothers, Fabiano, and himself. The outfit brought war to his city, and Remo plans on destroying and breaking them from the inside. When Serafina finally wakes up from being tranquilized, she pleads with Fabiano to give her some information or to let her go. But Fabiano is not budging. He is no longer the boy she grew up with. He is the enforcer of the Camorra and the enemy. Once the Camorra and their captive are back in Vegas, Remo brings Serafina to a cell in one of their, like, strip clubs. The sugar trap. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
where he plans on recording a message to send to her uncle Dante. However, Remo was not expecting Serafina to be as prideful and combative as she is. Remo wants Serafina to remove her wedding dress. Um, she asks to cut herself out of the dress and uses this opportunity to attack Remo with his knife. Remo did not see this move coming, but being the psycho badass that he is, he's still very easily able to like counter the attack, even though she does nick Have a him. weapon, yeah. <laughs> Remo is very happy with his queen piece in this game of chess that he's starting, and he's so happy that he wants to break her even more. I like how happiness is like psychotic for him. Oh, yeah. Remo is so psychotic, and... I'm so here for it. (laughs) (laughs) He's also very appreciative of Serafina's beauty. And she's noticed that Remo may be crazy, but he's also hot. And that's another thing. Like, who doesn't like a really psycho hot main lead in a romance novel? (laughs) Like, come on. I'm sure there's some people who don't appreciate this like we do. I don't trust those people. (laughs) They're lying to themselves. (laughs) When Remo goes to check on his captive, he finds one of his soldiers is harassing Serafina while she's trying to shower. Not only is he harassing her, he's also jerking off. So gross. Remo is highly upset that this man has seen Serafina naked and the nasty things he said to her. So he kills him and decides to take Serafina to his home and keep her captive in his room. Once they reach the Falcone mansion, Remo admits he wants to show Serafina pleasure and pain. But he finds her weak and thinks she'd rather kill herself than give in to him. This mafia princess is one tough girl, and she lets him know she will never kill herself. She wouldn't do that to her family, and she will not let Remo break her. Oh, is he up for this challenge? But so is Serafina. Remo's brother Nino is not happy that he has brought his captive to their home, especially with his wife Chiara still struggling with her own issues. And Nino and Chiara's book is uh, two and four Yep, in the series. The youngest Falcone brother, Adamo, is four days away from his initiation into the Kimura. He is also disgusted with his brother's actions and is having doubts about saying yes to The only brother seeming to be on board with Remo's plans is Savio. And then Savio is book five, and Adamo kind of finishes up the series in book six. And then you get another series. <laughs> and then you get another series. <laughs> Despite a bit of unrest in the Falcone home, it is time to deliver the message to Dante. This call is only between Remo and Dante, and Dante requests to speak with Serafina for sign of life. Remo declines and informs him that he'll set up a video call the following day so that he can see her. And he also wants her father, fiancé, and brother in attendance. Let the mind games begin. Yeah, and one thing about Remo is, like, he's all about that psychological torture. Like, that's the whole... The whole point of this book is... It's it's psychological warfare to, like, yes. the nth degree. Yes. He puts this outfit family through the fucking ringer. Yeah. <laughs> the next day when it's time for the video call with the outfit, Remo gives Serafina the choice to pay for her sins with her body or with his blade. So it's either you choose pain or you choose pleasure. She surprises him by choosing the blade and picks uh, the spot for him to cut where she's noticed Remo and Nino's Kimura tattoo sits and also covers up some scars. And this surprises Remo because he's always experienced women always choose pleasure. Yeah. So he really thought that he was going to rape her on this video call 
in front of her family. So when she chooses pain, it shakes him. Yeah, he was not prepared for that. And he also wasn't prepared for the fact when he, like, puts the blade to her, he kind of resists cutting her too deep. But, like, he has to cut her because it's on video, so he can't show weakness. So he winds up putting on enough of a show to upset Serafina's family. But she also can tell he didn't do his work. Right. She could tell he kind of hesitated. This action gives Serafina a sliver of hope that she may be able to be the one to bring Remo Falcone to his knees and break one of the cruelest men out there. Remo needs a moment to collect himself, and then he goes and tends to Serafina's wounds. She tries to find out some info about Remo by asking about his and Nino's scars, which quickly gets shut down. He is not entertaining that conversation. And he leaves Serafina alone in the room to be bombarded by Nino and Kiara in the living room. They demand for Remo to let her go. More so Kiara at this point. Kiara is like, this is not what okay. is going on? <laughs> I do not approve of this. And then Nino's on board because his wife is mad. Yes. Happy wife, happy. But, you know, Remo's not ready to let her go yet. So he shuts down the notion of returning her. Kiara then requests that Remo allow her to speak with Serafina. And he does agree to this. And then he also reassures her that he hasn't raped her. Remo then leaves with Adamo for some fighting training and brotherly bonding. Kiara goes with Nino to check on Serafina because Nino's not letting his wife out of his sight with this strange woman. And, you know, she goes and chats with her and offers some female companionship. The following day, Serafina is allowed downstairs but under the supervision of a Falcone brother. She uses a moment alone with Savio to try and escape by throwing a large pot of soup at him. <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. <laughs> Savio avoided getting burned. And she got nowhere close to it. Remo found the scenario funny as well, then made her clean up the mess, and she was banished back to the room. The next morning, Remo takes Serafina for a walk in the gardens. She's very weary of his motives, rightfully so. And while they're walking, they rile each other up. Then Remo kisses Serafina, first a quick one, like she would have gotten on her wedding day. Then he gives her a real Remo kiss, demanding and passionate. This freaks Serafina out as she willingly gave this kiss away. After the kiss, Remo goes to talk to Adamo as his induction is the next day and he needs to make sure that his brother will accept the Kimura tattoo. Remo, Nino, and Fabiano. A lot of O's. <laughs> yeah. So many O's. Very like Italian names. Like, <laughs> yeah. They wind up talking to Adamo about him giving his friends free drugs when they don't care about him. One of his friends, Mason, is sleeping with the girl he likes, Harper. The boys try to use this information to teach him a lesson how people, especially outsiders, are always going to want something from him. And the family and Kimura are the only ones he can truly trust. And Adamo's different than the rest of the brothers. He's really resisting the mafia. He does not like what his brothers do. He's still very compassionate. He's only... 13 he's about to turn 14 and they've protected him from a lot of stuff i mean he's seen a lot but but remo has like really taken it easy on him as like the youngest brother and like remo pretty much raised him and savio yeah remo winds up giving adamo a new mustang for his birthday and initiation and wants him to go have a chat with harper to find out the truth 
Kiara winds up having a talk with Remo about why Adamo is doubting his initiation. They're starting to become closer, Remo and Kiara. As when she first entered the family, she was terrified of everyone, especially Remo. But now she knows that she is safe with him. When Remo goes to check on Serafina, she demands to speak with her brother. He will honor that request if she gives him another kiss. After some bickering, Serafina does kiss Remo. He tries to let his hands wander, you know, like up and down her body and stuff. Um, But Serafina shuts that down. And they poke at each other a bit more, and then Remo leaves. He goes to have another chat with Adamo, and he agrees that he's going to get the tattoo and swear loyalty to Remo. He gets the heads up that he will have to kill Mason as a part of his initiation. And he's okay with that, actually. Because because he's pissed at Mason for sleeping with the girl that he thought was into him. And turns out she wasn't. No. She was using him. So the brothers were right. Poor Adamo. Serafina gets to have her call with her brother, but of course, Remo is there during the call. Sam offers himself up in exchange for his sister, but Remo rejects that offer because he wants her. This call did help him find a weakness of Serafina, which is her brother, just like his brothers are his weakness. At Adamo's initiation, he passes his test of killing Mason and does get the tattoo. Kiara invites Serafina to spend some time with her in the garden. She accepts, but does get a warning from Nino to not try anything with his wife. While the girls walk and get to know each other, Remo interrupts. Serafina makes a comment about wanting to work out and run, and he agrees to take her running and begins some bickering bants with Serafina. He taunts her about not having freedom in her former life and how she doesn't truly desire Danilo, her fiancé, and Remo reminds her that He wants her body and soul and walks off. Remo honors his promise and takes Serafina running the following morning. He allows her the opportunity to run off because he will always catch her. She takes off. They have a scuffle and he enjoys this untamed side of Serafina. When they return to the house, Remo has another meeting with Dante who's getting tired of Remo's games. They don't come to an agreement, which is exactly how Remo wants this to go and hangs up. As every day he has Serafina, he gets more of an advantage on Dante. Remo and Serafina continue their daily runs and start to develop something, not quite friendship yet, but like also kind of, it's weird. Because she's still his captive and he's still the enemy. But they're finding out they actually have like more in common with each other. And they kind of like each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> And of course, this whatever it is, is filled with bickering. They love to push each other's buttons. Things with the outfit aren't progressing, so Remo decides to make another move. He takes Serafina back to the basement cells, begins kissing, marking her up with hickeys, and starts taking pictures of her to make her family believe she isn't innocent or pure anymore. Unfortunately for Serafina, she's enjoying this unexpected pleasure of Remo kissing and marking her. Once that is over... Adamo goes to check on Serafina and brings her ice cream and books. Love Adamo. So sweet. They chat and he lets it slip that Nino and Remo raised him and Savio. Realizing his mess up, he leaves. I gave too much information. (laughs) Gotta go. Bye. (laughs) Enjoy the ice cream and books. See ya. (laughs) During the night, the lights go out in the Falcone mansion. It's an attack and rescue mission from the outfit. It's being led by Sam and was not approved by Dante. 
Remo and his brothers thwart the attack. Sam and his remaining men are taken to the basement for some Remo fun. So torture and death. (laughs) Yeah. But first, he informs Serafina her brother came for her. She offers herself up to Remo to spare her brother's life. Remo is taken aback by the fact that she didn't choose to give herself to him to save herself, but is willing to do it for her brother's life. Impressed by her choice of sacrificing herself for someone she loves, he agrees to let Sam return to the outfit to deliver a message for him. Nino is not happy about this strategy and thinks Rumo is losing sight of the goal and promised to Fabiano to get revenge on his father. Rumo, he's not hearing it though. He's a very stubborn man. Oh, for sure. He gives me like Taurus Capricorn. Sad. Sad vibes, yeah. A lot of earth. Yeah. (laughs) And some fire. Yeah. Because that temper is all Aries. Or even Sag. Oh, yeah, true. He takes Serafina to see her brother and makes her put on a convincing performance of taking the torture in his place. When she starts screaming, it shocks Remo that he can't stand to hear her screams and makes her stop. Remo is starting to think Nino may be right, but he can't let Serafina go. She got under his skin and he is under hers. At this point, it's Whose game is more dangerous? Serafina runs into Remo. He's a bit colder and distant towards her because he's losing control. Things boil over and he kisses Serafina, letting her know how each day he's wanting her more. And she's feeling the same. The tension and kissing continue until Serafina starts to get terrified that she's going to give in to him. She runs off and runs into Kiara, who comforts her and tells her there is more to Remo than cruelty. And maybe he just needs someone to show him the path to redemption. It's been a month since Serafina's capture and Remo decides to check in and see how she's doing. They can hear Nino and Kiara having sex. This prompts a conversation with Remo telling Serafina that he is imagining what it would be like to eat her out. And how she is the freest she has ever been in his company. Serafina starts to give herself over to desire and the pleasure Remo is bringing. He asks her if she wants him to stop before he gets his first taste of her pussy. And she doesn't turn him down. He takes this opportunity and eats her out. And after she climaxes, he tells her to run. Remo is ready to take everything from her. Feeling shameful about what she let Remo do to her, Serafina goes to take a shower. When she gets out, who is there to meet and greet her but Remo? He tempts her further, asking, do you want to be free to do something forbidden and be brave? Serafina can't fight the desire anymore and is ready to give in and give up her virginity to Remo. But she's going to tease him just as much first. Victory for both parties as Remo and Serafina do in fact have the sex. Too bad the moment gets ruined by Remo's planning to send the bloody sheets to Dante. This slightly breaks Serafina's heart. And Remo rubs salt in the wound by saying, tell your family I raped you if it makes you feel better, and maybe you'll start to believe it. Savio and Nino get informed that Remo has taken Serafina's virginity and about the plan to send the bloody sheets to Dante. And Serafina starts to break down. Yeah, she is starting to realize what she's done. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to hit her real hard. (laughs) Yep. The next time Remo and Serafina see each other, they argue about the sheets, her giving herself to him, and she angrily admits 
that she wanted to give her virginity to Remo and starts begging him to hurt her. But he can't, so he kisses her instead, which leads to them having sex again. Serafina still wants the pain because it makes her feel less guilty than the pleasure Remo gives her. After this sex session, Remo informs Serafina that he plans to give her back to her family in exchange for Scuderi, Fabiano's father, and assures her that they will still want her as they love her, and he has also led them to believe that he raped her. Dante calls to confirm he's received Remo's gift, but is still not willing to meet his demands yet. Adamo confronts Remo about sleeping with Serafina, upset that he forced himself on her because Adamo likes Serafina. Remo assures him that he did not force her, and upset Remo goes into Serafino's room, and she is sassy with him, setting him off to the point he wants to take out his frustrations on her puss, but she says no and offers a hand job instead. Surprisingly, he takes what she's willing to give, but still needing the last laugh, says, if you want to bring me to my knees, you'll have to use your mouth. Remo enters Serafina's room to cuddle up and sleep next to her. She decides to take this moment to ask him about his burn marks. He doesn't give her the story, and they argue about the madness of them getting comfort from each other and leaves. Kiara and Serafina have lunch together, and Kiara asks questions, trying to make Serafina think about her being taken in a different way. Like maybe her being with Remo can bring peace, and questions about what Serafina wants. It becomes too much for Serafina, and she ends the conversation. Remo returns to Serafina's bedroom, where he tells her he will be returning her soon, and about Danila calling him about the present of the sheets. Serafina pulls Remo's gun on him. Though there is a gun point blank at his head, Remo is not scared by any means. He tells Serafina it doesn't matter if she shoots him. He is already in her mind and will always be there. She then moves the gun to his heart, and he tells her there is nothing there for her to shoot. Instead of taking this opportunity to kill Remo, she winds up fucking him instead. Nino informs Remo that Dante is now ready to give them Fabiano's dad, and it's time to end this. Remo goes to Serafina and finally convinces her to kneel for him and suck his dick. While she's doing this, he ends up taking a call from Dante. She stops when she hears the phone call, then Remo puts her in his lap and begins to finger bang her while arranging the exchange of Serafina for Scuderi, which will happen in two days' time. Fucking savage move. Right? Realizing that their time together is coming to an end, Remo walks out. The day Remo is to return Serafina comes and he goes to her room and gives her her wedding dress to put back on. She doesn't do as he says, and Remo then cuts her out of her nightgown which leads to them having more sex. While he's fucking her, Remo informs her that she will be returned, and he wants Danilo to see her in the gown, to see what he stole from him, and that she is still his body and soul. This time, Serafina can't deny that she is. During the exchange, Remo digs the knife in deeper to Dante, warning the next time he tries to fuck with the Kimura to look at his niece and see how you, he failed her. Yikes. The mind games that he plays. On this family. Mm. Then he reminds Serafina that he will always own a part of her. And she tells him she will own a part of his black heart. Even if he doesn't realize it. The Kimura finally has Scuderi. 
and the outfit has Fina back. When she gets in the car, she sobs into her father, and he cries along with her in front of his capo and Danilo and vows revenge for what Remo has done to Serafina. While waiting for Nino and from New York, Matteo and Romero to arrive to kill Scuderi, Fabiano and Remo talk. Fabiano offers to help kidnap Serafina again as he can see she is still in Remo's mind. But he doesn't want to take her as she doesn't belong trapped in a cage. He wants her to return to him on her own free will. But no one thinks that she's going to do that. So Remo needs to fight in a death match to let off some steam and heartbreak. After many rounds of torture and beating of Fabiano's dad, Fabiano asks Remo to deliver the killing stab with him, and he does. So Fabiano finally gets his revenge. Read his book to find out why. Fina is finally home and reunited with her mom, twin Sam, but her younger sister is at Dante's house for the moment. Fina asks for Sam's help getting out of her dress so she can shower, and she tries to tell him a bit of the truth about what happened with Remo and how he did not torture or rape her, but Sam doesn't want to hear it and would rather believe she was forced and get revenge on Remo than listen to his sister. Danilo comes to the house, and Fina wants to talk with him and lets him know that she cannot move forward with marrying him and asks him to move on. Don't waste his time with revenge and to be happy. This hurts Danilo as he does care for her and still wants to marry Serafina. Fina gets the approval from her parents to never have to marry in the future. Next, Fina has to speak with her uncle Dante to apologize for what happened to her and promises her revenge and has Fina telling him about all the time in the Falcone mansion. Dante wants intel to bring down the Camorra. He also reassures her that she is still part of the outfit and of the family and he will do whatever he can to protect her from any shame others may try to make her feel. Danilo's father still wants him to marry into Dante's immediate family, so it is now arranged that he will marry Sophia, Fina's little sister, who's only like 11 currently. Something like that. Obviously, they're going to wait until she's of age, but like I think it was like two days after her 18th birthday, she's going to marry. That's just wild. Fina is shocked and appalled by this new deal, but Sophia is over the moon because she's always had a crush on him, even when he was promised to Fina. Their story is a standalone, so read that if you're interested. (laughs) I love how we're just plugging more books. (laughs) At Remo's deathmatch fight, he goes more ballistic than normal, causing his brother to worry about him and that he is hurting over the loss of Serafina. However, Remo won't admit to his feelings still. Fina has been home for two days and finally gets to have a real unguarded chat with her mom. She also tries to tell her the truth about her time with Remo, and again, Fina gets ignored. Everyone in her family would rather believe the lie Remo sold than Fina's truth, as they need her to be the victim to further their need for taking down the Kimura. Their pride's hurt, so they're holding on to this... This grudge. Yes. That really doesn't need to be there. I mean, it kind of does. does, but like not to the extent of what they think. Fina is still struggling with being in Minneapolis. It no longer feels like home and people are talking about her and treating her differently. It's now been four weeks since she has been home and time for her to return to the public with her dad's big birthday party. And it's here that Fina realizes she hasn't gotten her period 
in a bit and informs her brother and mom of this and asks for a pregnancy test. It comes back positive. When her mom and brother try to talk her into getting an abortion, Fina decides to keep it. The baby is innocent, and it's hers. Her family accepts her decision, begrudgingly, but Fina worries they won't love her child because of who the father is. The party goes on as planned. Fina puts on a good front for everyone until she overhears someone remark about how it is shameful that they let Fina out into public. Sam jumps in to defend his sister. Dante and the rest of Fina's family have a meeting with her after the events at the party to persuade her to get rid of the child. She won't. Then, since she wants to keep it, marrying her to someone quickly so they can pass the baby off at theirs, she won't do that either. So it's decided she will have to be in hiding during the pregnancy. Some time passes and Fina is feeling like she is back in captivity, which she kind of is, and it's time for her baby checkup where she finds out that she is having twins. Fina is excited while her mom and Sam and the rest of the family are very worried. Maybe not Sophia. Sophia is excited too. As time and the pregnancy go on, Fina is determined to raise her kids as part of the outfit and hide the truth of their father as long as she can, as she owes Remo nothing. All that changes the day the twins, Nevio and Greta, are born, as there is no denying they are both Remo. They both have the dark eyes and the black hair. And Nevio is like little Remo. So, yeah. Her mother, brother, and dad try their best to help Fina with the babies. It's easier for them with Greta than Nevio. The only one in the family with no issues with either baby is Sophia. Bless her heart. I love Sophia. Fina does the best she can with the dynamics with her family, and she is absolutely in love with her children. But it's becoming harder for her to deal with her family's lack of love for the babies. It finally becomes too much when Fina's dad informs her Nevio will never become part of the outfit. Back in Vegas, Kiara finally wants to train with Remo. During their session, she informs Remo that Serafina didn't marry and how she thought that they were falling for each other. Remo tries to shrug it off as a woman's need to turn things into a fairy tale, but this conversation is actually shaking him internally. The Kimura put on a street race that was close to outfit territory borders, one that Adamo was racing in, which he was not supposed to be racing in, and he ends up being captured by the outfit. Fina learns of this capture and demands to go with her family to the torture session. After some hesitation and guilt tripping, which she's very good at. So good. That Italian guilt perfection. And I love, though, that she kind of feels bad, but she's like, this is the only way. And she's like, I know it's the one weakness that I have that I can just keep digging. Digging. Just twist that knife. like, you you didn't protect me, so it's my right to be there. And they're like, god damn it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, you're right. (laughs) So they agree to let her come eventually. The outfit sets up a recording to stream the torture session to Remo. Fina watches as the verbal mind games begin. But when it's time to burn off Adamo's tattoo, she can't take it anymore and stops things. And then Remo ends up calling Dante. He offers himself in place for Adamo, which of course Dante accepts, since that's who they really want. Fina goes and tends to Adamo's wounds, and she informs him that Remo is taking his place and he will be released soon. Adamo is shocked that she is speaking about Remo without hate. Like, shit, you look just like he does whenever someone talks about you. And she leaves. I think that kind of shook her a little bit. 
Sam is pissed with Fina for protecting Adamo, and they get into a fight about them avenging her, and she snaps and finally is like, when have you asked what I wanted? I've never wanted you guys to take revenge on me. I've been telling you guys not to focus on getting revenge for me, and that's all you want. The exchange of Adamo and Remo goes smoothly, and it's time for his torture to begin, which is going to be dragged out for days. They allow Remo to see Serafina before they start, and he calls her Angel, which is kind of his nickname throughout the whole book for her, hence the potion. After seeing Remo, the father of her children, it hits her like a ton of bricks that she can no longer stay with the outfit, and she goes home to begin her plan. Fina packs a bag for the kids, gets a syringe of adrenaline and a, sed- a sed- sedative. and a sedative, and some weapons. She says goodbye to her sister and goes to the safe house where they're keeping Remo at. Once she speaks with her brother, then sedates him and goes to speak with Remo, she finally tells him that she was pregnant. Remo assumes she got rid of the baby and starts to break a little bit. She lets him think that for a moment, then tells him, no, she did not. She actually kept them, and they are perfect, and they look just like him. Remo then thinks she came to tell him that he'll never see his children before he dies, and that she is crueler than he could ever be. Buffina holds his hands and tells him that her children are Falcones and belong in Vegas to rule at the side of their father, and administers the adrenaline to him and asks him how strong he is, Remo replies with, strong enough to take you and our children home where we all belong, Angel. Dante, her father, and Danilo enter the room and try to stop their escape, but Fina stands up to her family and gets guilts them into letting them go. She actually ends up shooting Danilo, grazing his arm, which I was like, go girl. She pretty much guilts them into letting them go eventually as they failed her and her children and to let them have an opportunity to be free as she's suffered enough for their sins. Dante allows this, reminding Fina once she leaves that she won't be able to see her family again. She will be a traitor, an enemy of the outfit, and this is just the beginning of war with the Kimura. Once Fina and Remo are in the car, she calls Nino to arrange a pickup for them. When they arrive at the meeting place, Savio is shocked by the twins and that they look just like Remo. Nino assures Fina the kids are safe and will always be. When they make it back to Vegas, the shock of Remo having kids gets the rest of the group, and thankfully, everyone is being very welcoming of Serafina's return and to the babies. Of course, Chiara immediately takes to loving and caring for them. Fina is slightly shocked how, just like that, she has been accepted into the family, and it's helpful that the kids are Remo's, so she is, even if she doesn't want to admit it yet. Remo unsurprisingly survives his torture at the hands of the outfit. When he wakes up, he wants to speak with Fina. He is still shocked that she is the one that ultimately saved him. He promises to always protect his kids and her. He kisses her and asks to see them. When he finally sees them and gently interacts, Fina and Remo state how they have never been happier. Three days into the return to Vegas, Remo and Fina finally have it out about why she didn't return to him or tell him about the pregnancy. And she bites back why she would return after he sent her away to another man, letting her believe that he didn't care about what happened to her. She does apologize for being a coward about telling him, but he doesn't apologize for his part in their separation. Shocker. Remo and Fina start to date each other and reconnect and build their little family. 
Remo is super good with the babies, but that is not too surprising as he basically raised Savio and Adamo. They have a cute first Christmas together and some more sex. Things are looking up for Remo and Fina. He is being more doting and caring towards her, and she is to him as well. Remo also finally confesses to being in love with Serafina. After saying he loves her, he kind of asks, but more tells Fina to marry him, <laughs> and she ultimately accepts. Serafina, Savio, and Nino finally make amends. Remo finally tells Fina about the story about his and Nino's scars. One night, his mother was sick of the abuse from his father and attempted to kill herself and the boys by burning them all alive. Remo saved his brothers and his mom survived, but is in a mental institution and he does plan to kill her one day. His mother is the reason he previously thought women were weak and usually take the easy way out, but Serafina showed him that he was wrong. After two months of being in Vegas, Fina asks Nino to tattoo her as a present to Remo. She gets angel wings on the back of her neck. Remo loves his present. We get to see them celebrate the twins' first birthday, which was really cute. As Nevio gets older, he becomes more of a cute terror, taking after his dad, and Greta is cautious, just like Nino. Serafina and Remo get married days after the twins' birthday, and Sam shows up to the wedding. He keeps his distance, but he shows up for his sister. Fina and Sam forgive each other and vow to try and stay in contact. Of course, on their wedding night, Fina and Remo have sex. They couldn't be more in love or happy with each other. The end. Aww. Aww. But also the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we just go into our favorite smutty scenes? Absolutely. All right. What's your favorite tease scene from part one? Okay. So, like, my favorite tease and sex scene go together. It's when Remo eats Serafina out for the first time. Which in the then, garden. Which then leads into them having sex for the first time. I liked that whole progression. And that arc. Yeah. How did you feel about the virginity? Because I know sometimes you have issues with virginal sex scenes. Yeah. How did you feel about this one? I did not mind this one. Because what, she was captive for over a month before they have sex. And And she does give consent. Yeah, she gives consent so it wasn't forced. And it's like they were actually building trust and a bond with each other before it happened as well for this type of storyline. Right. Obviously, like, in general, everything that happened in this book, no. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But for what it is, it's like it was done and handled really well. So how did you feel the one part that I kind of was, like, "Eh," about with this sex scene is after they have sex, obviously she's, like, bled. Mm -hmm. And then he goes down on her and kind of, like, cleans her up because Remo is psychotic. And he loves blood. You did? For Remo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like. I just was thinking about like real life. savoring the flavor, baby. Oh, I was kind of like, yeah. But no, for Remo, it, it makes a lot of sense. Do I want that to happen to me? No. Right. Well. <laughs> I don't know. No? Yes? No? I don't know. This is that weird moment where it's like it was written well and sounded hot. But right. Fair enough. No, no that was. <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot of sex stuff in the first part of the book. Rightfully so. Right. It took about 50% of the book to get to that first sex scene. But that I did like. I also like the progression of kind of the tease that then led into the 
full on. Yeah. And it was kind of nice when they actually did have sex the first time because it starts out kind of rough and possessive. But then Fina's like, no, I'm not losing my virginity up against a wall. In the bathroom. Right. So then he brings her to the bed and like actually makes love to her. And it's the first time that he's – because then it switches over to his point of view when they actually start the, you know. (laughs) Intercourse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's saying how, like, this is the first time he's never been, like, rough and aggressive with a woman. And it's the first time a woman's ever looked him in the eyes while having sex. So it was just this very kind of moving and powerful moment. Oh, for sure. So that's why I really liked it. Yeah. I like that one too. But then it gets ruined with the whole, I'm going to now take the bedding and send it to your family. And then write them a note being like, I took her innocence against her will. So So romantic. (laughs) So my favorite tease scene in the second part of the book is um, Fina is showing an injured and recovering Remo pictures of her and the kids throughout the nine, eight, nine months. Oh, I loved that moment. I know. And he starts to kind of caress her and gets her a bit hot. He makes Fina straddle him with her ass facing him. And he begins to finger fuck her as she grinds on his fingers. And then he also adds a finger or two into her butt. She finishes. They have like little flirty banter. And then Fina ends up taking Remo in her mouth for only the second time. But Remo kind of taunts her saying that he didn't finish the first time. So it really didn't count. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because remember, that was when Dante called and she stopped because yeah. she's like, I'm not about to suck you off when you're on the phone with my uncle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't blame her for that choice. <laughs> he tells her to take him deeper and grips her hair. He's moaning, which like Fina loves. And he tells her he is going to come and she can like sense the affection and love coming from him in this moment, which I loved. And she lets him finish in her mouth, and she swallows. Remo then starts fingering and kissing Fina again until Greta's cries stop them, and they both go on to check on the kids. Dang, way to get cock-blocked by the kids. And then my favorite full-on scene is the first time that they have sex after being separated for the 14 months. It starts just like a normal sex scene, which I also kind of, you touched on it, love the eye contact that Fina and Remo always have during sex. It's like every sex scene, Cora makes a point to have like a sentence or two talking about the intensity of like them staring staring into into each other's souls, you know what I mean? Which is very different than what Remo normally experiences, which is also like a huge just showing his progression of Actually wanting that, like, connection with someone. Yeah. So they have sex, like, kind of just like a normal sex scene. And then it turns into Serafina's first anal experience in which Remo takes his time and makes sure she's really comfortable. He's fingering her as he's taking her ass and tells her that he can feel his cock in her as he's fingering her. And he's like, it's perfect. And I was just like, oh, my God. After they both come, Remo asks if she is okay and if it was too much. She tells him that he owns every part of her and and she's willing to do whatever he wants. He confesses that he hates hurting her, which surprises Serafina. He tells her he doesn't like hurting her, just never her. Like, that line, I was just like, "Ah." I mean, if he's going to sling dick like he does, of course he can have whatever he wants. Right. He then gives her a necklace that has an a- has angel wings on it, and he tells her that he had it specially made a few days after he sent her back 
to the outfit. He was hoping she'd come back. Because he was hoping that she would come back. Oh, my goodness. And I just, like, the one thing that I really love about Cora Riley's writing with, like, specifically sex scenes is there's always, like, banter going on, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, like, you get this deep emotional connection and attachment and, like, all, like, the warm fuzzies. But then there's these moments of kind of, like, breaking up that, like, okay, this is a little too overwhelming with, like, the emotional stuff for, like, some banter bickering. Right. It's just, like, it's a good mix of things. Yeah. It sends you on a ride. It does. All right. Loves and hates. Let's get into it. I'm excited to talk about our loves and hates. Okay, so my first love is just, like, a shout-out to Cora Riley. I love her. I think that she can do no wrong. I'm you hold obs- all mafia books to yeah. this. I love her writing. I love her like the dialogue specifically. I feel like she is so good at really tapping into like emotional, like flirty bands. And I'm just like, I just think that it's fantastic. So shout outs to Cora Riley. I love the chat with Adamo. When he asked Remo how to control shooting off his load early. Like, <laughs> poor Adamo. They all make fun of him for still being a virgin. I'm like, he's 13. Let this little kid live. But it was just really funny. It was funny. It was just like a nice way to break up like all the heavy shit that we talked about in the plot breakdown. Yeah, that's true. Overall, love Remo. He is definitely my favorite, like, anti-hero villain of this series. Would he get a top rating in your overall book boyfriend list? Probably. Remo is, like, top tier. Like, I just, everything about him, like, his look, his, like, aesthetic, Mm -hmm. his just psychotic, I'm, something is wrong with me because, like, the more psychotic the main male lead is, And if I can see – and, like, I think the reason why I love Remo so much is that, yes, he starts – he's very unhinged. He's very psychotic. But, like, Serafina literally tames him. Mm -hmm. And I love that arc. So, like, if I have a male lead who is just batshit crazy, but he meets the woman who finally, like, puts him in his place and you actually see growth and, like – you see that he actually cares and loves that person, say less. Swoon for you. Swoon. Because I'm like, every girl wants to be that to somebody, you know what I mean? Like, deep down, come on. Out of the Falcone brothers, I'd pick Nino. I mean, I like Nino too. Don't get me wrong. I do love Remo, but I would go for Nino over Remo. See, Nino, what's got Nino is the tattoos. Nino is like heavily, heavily, heavily tattooed and he does all the tattoos for and everybody. he does all the tattoos so then I, love. I would be tatted the hell up yeah like i do and like yeah they're both i mean they're both great they're both great yeah i'm glad we don't have to fight over men no you i'll get, take remo <laughs> you get remo i get nino yeah there we go <laughs> and These honestly men. <laughs> and honestly i would rather be seraphina than kiara yeah, I would rather be Serafina than Kiara, but I want Nino, so I'll deal with it. <laughs> right. But she ends up getting her happy ever after. The reason I say that is because like she goes through a lot of traumatic shit in her books that I would never want to experience, which is why I'm like I would rather be like kidnapped 
and treated well. And treated well than what happened with Kiara. Yeah. So. I loved Adamo and Serafina's and then Serafina and Kiara's friendship. They were really nice. I like how she had the two of them in there during her captivity to like have Fram. Yeah, because Savio is, he's very flirty. He's kind of a wild card too. Yeah. He kind of doesn't really care. Yeah. He's very indifferent to the whole thing. He's just like, oh, whatever my brother wants me to do. Sure. Whatever. Right. And then Nino is low-key a sociopath, so he doesn't feel any emotions. So, like, I couldn't see Serafina, like, bonding with Nino. Like, he's not going to give support. No. And then Nino was, like, very protective of Kiara and then protective of his brother. So he was, like, very standoffish. Mm-hmm. With her. So it was nice that she had Kiara as, like, a female mm-hmm. and then had Adamo, who was a, a male, part of the family. Yeah. But he was always very nice to her and kind of looked after her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And stood up to Remo for her yeah. quite a bit. And then thank goodness he did because then she saves his ass. Yeah. I really enjoyed the plot and the storyline Between Fina and Remo, I thought that it had really good pacing. And I also really loved how this book was almost like three parts. It was like you had the kidnapping and her being a captive. You have them being separated where she goes back to the outfit. And then you have them getting back together. Mm -hmm. And it's like this book just kept on giving. It did. Like you kind of are like – because she gets sent back around maybe like 55, 60% through the book. And you're like – we still have 40%. What is going to happen? I know. When I was reading it, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, yeah, it just like kept, like I said, back going back to the synopsis. You didn't really get that second half of the book. That synopsis really only covers the first part. The first part. The whole second part of that book is a mystery. Yeah. Which I love, though. So, well done. I loved that Serafina wasn't a damsel in distress type. I love that she was someone who fought back. Like, not only physically, but with her wit and her smarts. Yeah, like, she didn't she, make it easy. She matched Remo. She definitely was scared. In her own way. Yeah, she definitely was scared. Mm-hmm. But she held, like, she held that back. Like, he could tell that she was scared too. But, like, she was still fighting. Yeah. I love a strong female lead. I mentioned this briefly. I love the change in Remo throughout this book. Specifically with, like, Fina. And even with, like, Kiara. Like, their bond grew a lot in this Mm -hmm. book as well. Um, I specifically want to mention there was a part at the very, very end where they end up doing, like, doggy style. And it's in Remo's point of view. And he can kind of tell that when he flips her over, she kind of tenses a bit. Because Remo's favorite sex position in the past was anal. Like, that was his preferred sex choice. But, like, he's picked up that... Serafina doesn't love it and she does it for him and like he makes this internal comment being like you know I thought I would miss it but like I really don't because all I want to do is cause her pleasure and I want her to enjoy it to the like fullest that it can be and I was just like if that doesn't scream growth (laughs) (laughs) not doing anal is growth I'm just like, you know what, Remo? You can stay. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? Like, come on. That's huge. For this? No. In life, yes. I mean, yes, in life, this would be problematic. <laughs> oh, my 
my god. I guess to kind of sort of piggyback off of that. <laughs> I loved how Remo and Fina, like, their reconnection and getting there happily ever after wasn't rushed. The pacing was fantastic yeah. through the whole book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, totally agree. Nothing was rushed about this relationship. And it very easily could have been. But I don't think it would have been as believable sell. Right. And even when she comes back, she's still very hesitant mm-hmm. for a period of time where she doesn't really know where Remo stands. Remo doesn't know where she stands. They, like, don't have sex right away. Yeah. No, and they focus on, like, the kids and, like, being parents. And kind of just, like, reconnecting. Yeah. And then the sex comes because they both love each other and they're just and they're stubborn. <laughs> I really loved – that Serafina had twins and that Remo and the Falcones are, like, obsessed with them mm-hmm. and that they, like, welcome Serafina in instantly as soon as they realize, one, that she saved Remo and, two, that she had his kids. It was almost like, nope, you're you're us now. Like, yep. we're family. Welcome. <laughs> and, I, and I love that, like, you know, she was a twin. I loved how – they then had a twin. I love that it was a boy and a girl. Just like her and Sam. Just like her and Sam. I also liked the dynamic of the twins because, like, Nevio, his, he's very outgoing as a child. He's into everything. He's very adventurous, um, very much like Remo. And then you have Greta, who's a little bit more timid, who, like, doesn't like being held by strangers. Very proper and, like, cautious little, yeah. sweet little lady. And, like, they make a point where they're, like, Nevio is, like, Remo and Greta is, like, Nino. Where, you know, Nino has always been like that, too. Mm-hmm. Even before the trauma of his childhood, he always had a different way of dealing with emotions. But I just, like... I thought that the kids and the babies definitely added, yep. and I think that it was needed. Agreed. That's one of my loves. I loved all the cute moments with the with the kiddos. And just, like, the growth of Remo, too. And it brought another dynamic to this book that was different from the 80 billion others that are in this whole world. So my last love is I love the bloody brotherly moment, bonding moment between Fabi and Remo when they were killing Fabi's dad. I really enjoyed that. No, me too, because he's a POS. And if you read the other series, he's definitely a bigger part in the New York and the Outfit series. Yep, and then the first book in the Kimura one, where Fabi's book. Where you learn how much of a POS yeah. their dad really is. It's disgusting how shitty of a person he is. Yeah, he deserved this death. I mean, yeah. there was a reason why members from the New York Mafia came down to help kill him. Right. A small detail that I really loved, I loved Serafina getting the angel tattoo for Remo. That was really cute. Or I think it was like a Christmas gift or something. And she it was has his birthday gift. Birthday gift. And she has Nino do it because, you know, the nickname Angel. Mm-hmm. I just really, I think that just like showed her love. Yeah. For him. And I also love that Sam showed up to the wedding. I'm, I like was happy that Remo kind of got over his issues for the day because he knew how important Just it was. Just put it on pause, put things aside so his wife would be happy. Yeah, because Fina was definitely has been missing Sam the whole time that she's been back in Vegas. And Remo can understand because he's super close with his brothers. Yeah, and I think also probably having twins and seeing like his children's bond. bond and dynamic is probably like, oh, I should probably. 
But I'm also glad that like Sam shows up and there's no issues at the wedding. Yeah. He's there and then he leaves. No harm, no foul. And then overall, I just love this series. I think that all of these books are fantastic. I've read them all and I still want more. So I'm so happy that Cora is still writing The Sins of My Fathers, which is like the stories of these characters' children set in the future. Oh, I just... You're obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I have a love-hate with Sam and Serafina's dynamics. I put that as a hate. Like, part of me loves it. Part of me hates it because sometimes it just felt a little... It was a little icky at times. Yeah, it started to, like, kind of dip its toes into being questionable and inappropriate. Like, I can see how Cora was trying to really, like, show their bond as twins and as siblings and just being really close. But since I reread it, you did mention this before I started rereading. And once I was rereading, I kind of was like, ooh, yeah, nothing ever happened. Like, no, nothing, nothing is weird. Nothing happens. Nothing ever truly crosses a line. It's just like these like small tidbits. Yeah, where it just kind of feels icky and almost starts to go into like Jamie and Cersei Lannister territory. I mean, it doesn't. It never gets no, that bad. No, But, like, it just starts. There was just some, like, dialogues and things where I was just like, I could have done without that. Yeah. Between siblings. Yeah. Just like like when, when Sam talks to Danilo and is kind of like, treat her right. Make sure you, like, fuck her good and, like. like be wh- And it's just like, wh- whoa, too much. Yeah. But then their dad's like, good job, son. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, this is cringe. <laughs> yeah, and just – some of the thing, like, just, yeah, some of their interactions with each other was like, I get your twins. You have this bond. You're close. You love each other. But it's getting icky. It's, yeah. getting, it's getting icky and a little eh. I definitely, I had that. Um, I said Sam and Fina's relationship was a little ick at times. So I agree. I'm slightly glad you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> with the reread. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, am I crazy? Am, have I just read too many questionable things? No. So my main hate of this book and it should be a hate, is when Remo sends Serafina away and she thinks that he's just kind of throwing her away for his ultimate plan of getting Fabi's dad. And that's what keeps her at home for so long while Remo always wanted her to come back to him on her own. But like how that whole interaction and that scene goes, I wouldn't have thought that Remo wanted her to come back based on how he treated her. No, he gave her no indication he could have reached out to her. Like, if he actually reached out to her after he sent her back, I think she would have gone. Yeah, me too. I think she would have – if he reached out to her and, like, during her pregnancy, she would have gone. Yeah. But, like, she she was just under the impression that I was a means to an end. I gave him what he wanted. And then they also – you know, he destroyed emotionally my family. He took my virginity – and then he also got the person that he wanted to torture and kill and then sends me away like I'm done to him. Directly into the arms of her former fiance. Right. And so it's kind of like I just hated how there was no – there was such a lack of communication there mm-hmm. where obviously – And he never really apologized. No. He's like, he's like, you should have you realized that like I kept telling you that like you've never been more free without me. But it's like, bro, no, you still have to – that's not enough. No. Something I didn't understand. Greta being the baby who had the trust issues. 
She was always being held by Fina's family. They wouldn't hold Nevio. The only person who ever held Nevio was Fina and sometimes Sophia when she was allowed around them. But mostly, like, the three main caretakers for the twins were Fina, her mom, and Sam. So Greta always got held by people. Nevio only ever got held by Fina in the beginning of their lives. So then it was weird, and I didn't understand when Fina goes and, like, rescues Remo and they go to Vegas, how she then gives Nino Nevio and is like, Greta will only let me hold her. Up until that point, that had never been the case. Well, I think it was, um, I, I think it was mentioned that Greta was always more standoffish and it took her a while to warm up. I think the fact that she was around the mom and Sam so much as an infant that she became okay with them. But Serafina noticed that with, like, other people, she was very much, like... But nobody else really came around, though. Right. So it was just, it was just confusing to me because if either of the kids would have had an issue being held by someone else, real, like, in my mind, it made more sense for it to be Nevio because nobody wanted to hold him. Right. Other than Fina. Like, I mean, I get probably for, like, future continuation and, like, Nevio being the spitting image of Remo and probably, like, turning into his dad it makes more sense for him to be the like out and give a fuck one and Greta to be like the mm-hmm. sweet proper one but it was just that wasn't how it was set up when they were first born so then it was just like a very harsh flip for me as a reader no I could see that it was a little confusing I could see that I don't really know because I mean you do make a good point my last hate was kind of going off of the babies is that I hated how Fina's family reacted to, like, her pregnancy, how they wanted her to get rid of the babies. And then once they were born, when they realized that they take after Remo physically, how they, like, really, like, Sam and her dad and, like, Dante had, like, real big issues with, like, they wouldn't even, like, like looking at Nevio. And I'm just, like, and Serafina's, like, but they're me too. Like, yes, the father's Remo, but like, I'm your daughter and I grew them. Like, they, they're they a part of me too. But like, her family just could not, besides Sophia. Yeah. They just like could not. And I hated that. Like, I hated that they pushed her mm-hmm. they to pushed do her what away. she did. Yes, it's her family's and fault then, she left. Yeah, and then when they, when she was straight up told that Nevia would never be part of the outfit. I think that was really her breaking point where she was like, even if Remo doesn't take the news well, I can't stay here. Like, I have to cut ties, cut ties and leave because they're never going to be accepted. And I hated that. Same. And then also, I just hated it when the book ended. (laughs) Again, like, even though this is like the third time I've read it, I still hated when I came to the end. So, obviously, I I hated um, Remo's immediate reaction after taking Serafina's virginity and the fact that, you know, he never apologized about his bullshit. But do you think, do you feel like he ultimately, because he was like, I have to do this for my revenge. I mean, his actions showed he, he was sorry. But do you think that the way he framed the note was actually, like, protecting Serafina, though? Because I think it would have hurt the family more if he was like, guess what? 
she let me do this. I do think it was in her best interest what like the note that he left with him sending her back. But at the same time, it's like he kind of never should have sent her back. I don't know. It's 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 a tough one. I don't know because I th- I think that in order for them to have worked in the long run, she did need to leave because of the way that they came together. She did need to have the choice. Yeah. But he kind of took the choice away from her by doing that. Right. But and what if he if he asked her if he was straight up and was like, "Look, I'm kind of falling for you. I don't want to send you away. Like I like you." Do you want to go back or do you want to stay? Do you think that she would have stayed? I think she possibly. I think she possibly would have stayed if he never put the note. Because also he could have sent the sheets without the note and they would have just assumed he raped her. Right. He didn't necessarily need to do the note. But I think by him doing the note further hurt chances of them being able to be together right after. Right. I don't know. I think that ultimately – I think sending her away made the most sense in this book. But then I also think, like, if she never got pregnant. Oh, if she never got pregnant, they wouldn't wouldn't have been able to overcome what happened. So you think that even if, so say she didn't get pregnant, but Adamo was still captured, Remo still came to save him, you think that she would have let her family go through and kill him? Because I don't. I think she still would have stepped in and saved him. I think she would have saved Adamo. I don't think she would have saved Remo if she wasn't pregnant. If everything else stayed the same, like the way he threw her away in her mind. I don't know, though, because I do think that the children added a big, like, because she was always like, he's the father of my children. He's the father of my children. But even before she found out she was pregnant, she never stopped thinking about him. And she even was like, fuck, bro, like. I actually have hella feelings for this guy. I don't think that she would have – I don't know if she would have gone with him. I think that maybe he could have talked her into coming with him, but I still think that she would have stopped the torture. I think that she still would have played the guilt and done exactly the same thing to rescue him because I don't think that she could live with herself knowing that he died. But do you think her family would have listened to her if it wasn't for those kids though? I think if she she played the guilt card and said – I'm ruined. I don't have a future here. I don't ever want to get married. I'm I'm tarnished goods. Let me go because you guys failed to protect me. I think Dante still would have let her go. Because we'll I think ultimately, know. I think ultimately it was the guilting. Yeah. Uh-huh. She could use that in any sense, you know? But yeah, we never know. We'll never know. Speculation. <laughs> Gotta love it. So funny hate. Okay. Um, I hated how Remo is always walking out after an emotionally difficult situation. I get it for his character and for the story, but I just fucking talk to people. Yeah. He's not good at communication. No, unless it's with his brothers. Yeah. But then it's usually it's he's still like the leader of the Kimura. So he's then always pulls that card like shut up on the boss. But yeah, his how he deals with emotional stuff is like he avoids Serafina or he leaves before they can, like, discuss things, and then he'll go days without seeing her. Mm-hmm. So fun. Very stunted emotion, <laughs> emotional. But understandable <laughs> knowing yeah. their backstory. <gasps> Let's cast this. All righty. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. So we are casting Serafina. We're casting Remo. Duh. We're casting Sam. Duh. And we're casting Danilo. Yeah. Bonus. 
All right, Alex, let's start off with Serafina. Who did you cast as your leading lady? So I've aged everybody up. Yeah, because Serafina's only 19 yeah. in this book. So I did too. Everyone's been aged up. And my Serafina is Julianne Huff. Dang, that's a good one. Oh, yes. Okay, I didn't even think of her. I went Rosie Huntington Whiteley. She's an angel. She's a Victoria's Secret angel. She's married to Jason Statham. Nice. She just gave me very, like, angelic. And she's a Victoria's Secret angel. Yeah. Angel, angel, come on. Had to. Had to. (laughs) Who did you cast as your Remo? Adam Driver. Oh. Okay. I could see that. So it's also the height for me with him. Yes. Yes. I like that. So I have two, but I don't want to choose two. I want you to help me. (laughs) Okay. Because I was struggling. So one of the people I chose was solely based on physical, just the physical. Okay. The other option I chose is kind of physical, but mainly his acting and knowing that he could really taper it, like get this Remo. So my just aesthetic, you casted him earlier this season. I don't feel bad because he definitely could be my Remo is Adam Collard from Love Island. I mean. Aesthetically, like. Aesthetically, yeah. Yeah. But my second, which is the kind of aesthetic, but more so the acting, Ian Somerville. Because Damon is Remo if Remo was a vampire. And I just like. And he also has the look too. So I would say him. Ian? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go with Ian Somerhalder then. The only thing with Ian though, he does not have the height. No. We can get, we can get uh, Ian to wear some heels or something. <laughs> not like heels, but like. Platform shoes, you know what I mean? Put some lifts. Put <laughs> yes, some lifts in lifts. there. Okay, who did you cast for your Sam? I think it should be an obvious choice by my pick for Serafina. Derek Huff. Yep. I mean, if you have a sibling, famous siblings, you've got to cast them together. They've worked together before. Right. They used to be dance partners. Yep. I think it'd work. Me too. I like that. And their sibling relationship also sometimes gives, gives me, me it vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so uh, my Sam, this was actually the one that I aged. I aged him down a little bit. He's a little bit older now. Uh, Trevor Donovan, he was in 90210. Yes. I just feel like him and um, Rosie would look very compatible yes. together as siblings. Just pass him off as siblings. Yeah. And last but not least, Danilo. I picked Milo Vetemilia. That's a good one. I like him. I stuck with um, a Love Island cast, and I went with Davide. <laughs> I can sue you are a liar. You are a liar. <laughs> but, like, he just gives me very Ita- – like, obviously, he's very Italian. Yeah. He's from Italy. <laughs> but, yeah, he gives me Danilo. The whole time, if, like, this ever gets made into something, and if, if he got casted, I'd be yelling, I can sue you, you are a liar. liar. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> But make sure if you want to see some visuals of our casting, head over to our Instagram, Emotions and Potions Pod. And sorry for those of you who aren't Love Islander um, watchers and are thinking, the fuck is, are they talking about? <laughs> Look up Davide. <laughs> Look up Al- Adam <laughs> Collard. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. And watch Love Island. It's great. UK. 
Yeah. <laughs> Love Island UK. UK all day. All right. I think it's time to soundtrack this bitch. Yeah. Give it to me, Alex. All right. So opening song, Serafina's Wedding Day and Kidnapping, White Wedding, Billy Idol. Oh, that'd be dope. Mm, chef's kiss. I love that song and I love that category. So my Remo's Capo theme song is Blood by My Name is Charisma. Yeah. I also gave Remo a theme song. Ooh, what did you give him? Fight Back by Nifex. Ooh, I like that too. That works as well. Love it. So I have Fina's complicated feelings towards Remo, which start pretty early. And that is Hate That I Love You by Rihanna and Neo. Yeah. Kind of similar. <laughs> Song for Serafina for when she gets returned to the outfit, like towards mm-hmm. Remo. I love you, but I don't like you by Ooh, Molly Moore. Nice. That's good. So I have a... The song on repeat that Fina listens to after being sent back to the outfit. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Blind by Kesha. Nice one. A little bit of a throwback. Yep. But I feel like if I was in Serafina's, I would be listening to this song on repeat. Mm -hmm. I did give Serafina a theme song. Ooh, okay. And that is Ice Princess by Azalea Banks. That's good. And she is known as the Ice Princess. Yeah. So it adds up. So I have a song that uh, is after Fina gives Remo the big old V card. And that is I Did Something Bad by Taylor Swift. Oh, perfection. I mean, yeah. All right. So I have Fina's song to Remo and her attitude while being his captive. Ooh, okay. Don't Call Me Angel, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey. Yep. That's a good one. I have Remo and Fina after they are separated. So when she goes back to the outfit, kind of like how they're feeling. And that is Battle Scars by Lupe Fiasco and Guy Sebastian. My next one is Remo's song to Fina, A Girl Like You, MGK, Travis Barker. Yeah. Never met a girl like you before. Yeah. Literally. Enough said. And my last song is my sexy time, spicy time song for Remo and Fina. And that's Hot by Avril Lavigne. I love that song. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, so my next one is Remo's first confrontation with Fina and, like, laying down the situation. And that's Sucker for Pain, Paycheck, Jive. And then my last song is for the fucked up family dynamics, mostly with the Falcones. Okay. And that's um, Family Line by Conan Gray. Ooh, I like that. Love it. Well, if you want to hear our total playlist... I think it has a little over 70 songs on it. Head over to Spotify, Emotions and Potions Pod, where you can like it, you can listen to it. Share it. Love it. And then you can also listen to any other playlists of books that we have covered already up to this point. There's a lot of them, and they're all great. Yes. And they just keep getting better. They do. I guess there's one last thing. The rate. And the letter. And the letter. So, Alex, Spice. I give it a four out of five. Yeah, that's what I did too. I thought that it was, it had some spicy moments like the gun scene, you know. Yeah. There was anal. But with Remo being as like unhinged as he You is, kind of expected more. I was, yeah, I was kind of like, the fuck is he going to do to her? But I kind of liked 
that it wasn't as psychotic because it shows that he like changed mm-hmm. and adapted for her and cares about her and cares about her. So yes, I think it was more like the expectation was like, oh, this is about to be some twisted. But I ended up liking that it wasn't as yeah. twisted as what I thought going mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And what about your overall? How did you how did you rate this book? Nine out of ten. Same. I love this book. It's damn near perfection. Yeah. So compared to the other books, because you haven't finished the no. series yet. And you've you've really only read up to this book in the Kimura, right? Correct. And then you've read the Born in Blood Chronicles. Yeah. So which which book is your favorite up to this point? Ooh. Because I think mine from the Kimura is gonna be Remo. And from the Born in Chronicles, I really like Gianna and Mateo's book. I enjoy those. Those are also up there for me. I would say from this series, I think I got to give it to Nino and Chiara. Okay. Like, I love this book, though. I connected more to Nino and Chiara's story. I think that you're going to like their second book even more than the first. I think that you're going to end up liking them even more. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Serafina better as like a female lead. Like Kiara's growing on me. I'm enjoying her arc where it's like I feel like Serafina starts off great Mm -hmm. and just continues getting better. Where like Kiara, I enjoyed getting to like her. Fucking loved Nino all the way through. Right. And then what about Born in Blood? Which was your favorite in that? I think Lily and Romero's. Okay. I mean, they're all good. They're all, all good. They're all good. I th- I will say I think Luca and Aria was my least. Um, I really did like um, Gianna and Matteo, but I think I, I enjoyed Liliana and Romero. See, I just think I a like a little bit more. I think I like Gianna and Matteo because Matteo gives me like Remo in New York. Yeah. And then Gianna also gives me kind of like Serafina because Gianna's always a very strong-willed character. Yeah. I think so. the thing is you like your men's a slightly more unhinged than I do. I think so too. Red flag <laughs> in my reading. <laughs> like what? don't get me wrong. I love my man on – like I love my book boyfriends a little unhinged. But I want the, just a notch below you. <laughs> and that's – I think you're right. That's Nino and Romero. Yeah. They are unhinged. But just a dash less. They still have some like reserve to them. I feel that. But also knowing you, those would be the characters that I would choose that you would like the most. Yeah. And just like I would choose. (laughs) I would choose Remo and Mateo for you. I'm sorry. And you're welcome. I know. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you like. So, Alex, I think this is a unanimous letter of love yeah i mean i it was definitely spoiled in the beginning but yeah it's a freaking love yeah i would 10 out of 10 recommend this series these books and as someone who held off from her recommendation because you were a little scared because there's a lot of books to go through it's a lot of backlog to read do it yeah it's really they're easy reads Mm -hmm. and even though there's so many of them every story is so different I really don't ever feel like I've read the same thing within this series. No, it's uh, it's it's really well done. Nothing feels repetitive. I, you start to pick your favorites, but you're still invested in everyone, which is nice. 
But okay, that wraps up another episode of Emotions and Potions. And it was a love letter, baby. And it was a love letter to Twisted Pride, to Cora Riley, to Remo and Serafina. Ugh. The Mafia Kimura. romances. Mm. Gotta love it. But make sure you follow us, Emotions and Potions Pod. We're on all types of social media. Yep. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe, like, whatever the thing is you have to click. Share. Let us know. Please do. If you have any recommendations. We did just recently get one, and that will be an upcoming episode. Yep. So let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. And until next time. Bye. bye.